The grace and peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Let's turn and greet one another. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church on this All Saints Day. And especially, um, we welcome you if you are visiting with us. We're so glad that you're here today. There is in, the, uh, in your bulletin an announcement sheet, Art Connections, that tells you some of the things that are going on in the life of the church. At 10 o'clock this morning over in Tankersley Hall, Jerry will be leading a one-hour presentation about our church. It's a question-answer time. If you're interested in possibly becoming a member of our church or just finding out more about us, that's an opportunity to do that within that one hour over in Tankersley Hall. At 7 o'clock this evening, Reverend Tim McCalmont from our church in Costa Mesa is going to be talking about Syria. He is working in a committee in our national church working on the refugee situation. And also there are, uh, there's a couple in his church who are Syrians who still own a home and a business in Homs, Syria. And they'll be here and talk about some of what they have seen as they have gone back and forth to Syria even quite recently. Uh, that's this evening at 7 o'clock. And also in a couple of weeks, we have our family fun night on a Saturday night. It's a chili cook-off, bingo, bounce house, all sorts of fun stuff for everybody. I don't know, some of you may be a little too old for the bounce house, but you just yeah. never know. I don't think there's an age limit on bingo, though. I think no I'll be all right. And our third Friday group meets on, uh, uh, on November 20th. Anna and George Kafalis, who are from Greece, are going to be talking about their homeland and also uh, some of the ministries that they're involved with there, as well as we'll be having a wonderful Greek dinner prepared with Anna's authentic recipes. You can sign up at the cart today for that. Next Sunday morning, Reverend John Moore, who is one of our parish associates, is going to be talking about 1001 New Worshiping Communities, which is an innovative new initiative within the PCUSA within the last few years. We have some of those new worshiping communities here in Los Ranchos, and he's going to be talking about more of that and how, how we can uh, become a part of that movement. Also, a week of the, the day after that, a week from tomorrow, we have our Grief at the Holidays class. That is on Monday afternoon at 4 o'clock, and John and Deborah Sakash will be leading that, especially if you have lost someone close to you within the last year. The holidays will be, a, uh, will be quite different than they've been before, and so this is a way to talk about uh, ways to deal with that. We'll be having a congregational meeting two weeks from today, right at the beginning of the second service, to elect our officers for the coming term. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Let us pray. Lord God, we have come into your presence as your people in need of all that you have to give to us. We've come tired from our work in need of refreshment and recreation. We come with worries in need of your guidance. But first, lift us out of our preoccupation with our own needs. Allow us to see you with our eyes of faith and to hear you with ears of understanding in what you have to say to us this morning. Make us thankful for all the good we have received from you. Make us aware of the great company, past, present, and future, with whom we join to worship you in spirit and in truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The psalmist calls us to prayer, Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! 
My soul longs, indeed it faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a hall, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars. O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, happy are those who live in your house, ever singing your praise. Happy are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. They go from strength to strength. The God of gods will be seen in Zion. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than live in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield he bestows favor and honor. No good thing does the Lord withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord, Lord of hosts, happy is everyone who trusts in you. Church, let us stand and sing together.
church, let's be seated as we continue in worship. Jesus, what a beautiful name, priceless treasure. The praise team will teach this song to you this morning. We'll sing verse 1, and then we'll invite you to sing verse 1, and then we'll continue on. Jesus, what a beautiful name.
Happy are those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Happy are those to whom the Lord imparts no impunity and in, though, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Let us pray responsively. While I kept silence, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Forgive Forgive my my faithlessness, O faithful God. God. See See beyond my apathy, my thoughtlessness, my self-centeredness, my wrong choices. You, O Lord, are the lover and keeper of my soul. See into my heart, for you, O Lord, are my treasure. For we pray through Christ our Savior. Amen. My friends, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Hear the good news. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. I'd like to introduce to you Tom McGill, who is one of our stewardship elders. Well, last year, about this time, I stood up here and I asked you all if you kind of felt a little bit like Bill Murray's character, Phil Connors, in the 1993 comedy film Groundhog Day. You know, it's a Sunday in November. You're feeling good because you just got an extra hour of sleep due to the time change. You come to church and there once again is someone from the stewardship committee talking about year-end deficits. Well, great Scott, how do you think I feel? (laughs) I left this pulpit one year ago today, went out front and set the time machine in my DeLorean one year ahead. 
you know, like Christopher Lloyd's character Doc Brown did in, in Back to the Future 2. Well, here I am again. But now it's 2015, not 14. And we are still going to talk about falling behind in our contributions to the annual operating budget. So where are we? Well, the budget for 2015 contributions, which was approved by this congregation last January, is $1,236,000. Through the end of October, actual contributions were $848,000, leaving us a gap of $388,000 to be made up in November and December in, in that two-month period. Last year at this time, the amount needed was a bit less, uh, 333000 but of course it's the same pattern. In past years, the faithful giving of our congregation has enabled us to safely traverse this rather imposing chasm. Well, we are now reaching out to you once again to help us show that together and trusting in the Lord with all our hearts, we can demonstrate that we have the spiritual and the financial resources to support our church's mission in this community and throughout the world. Now, maybe the Chicago Cubs didn't win the 2015 World Series as predicted in Back to the Future. But just maybe old Doc Brown here might see a 2015 where we end our year with a healthy financial picture, with unity and hope for the future. And now I gotta go. I left the DeLorean running out front, and who knows what kind of trouble Marty McFly is going to get into. Great Scott!
I want to encourage you to open up your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 13 as we continue our study of the parables of Jesus Christ. Chapter 13, verse 44 through 46. Last week, of course, we looked at the treasure hidden in the field. This week, we'll be looking at the pearl of great value. I'll read both parables together. Hear now God's word. The kingdom of heaven, Jesus said, is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then, in his joy, He goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had, and he bought it. And to chapter 9, verse 9 through 13, the call of Matthew, when his eyes opened to Jesus Christ. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard this, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Holy Father, Help us to understand your word and transform us by your Holy Spirit to respond with an obedience of faith. To leave here a people who've been empowered to live into the newness of life which we have received through Jesus Christ. We ask this now in his name. Amen. Some time ago, there was a TV show and it was called In Search Of. How many of you remember that show called In Search Of? Tom, all right, good, Beth, love it. My friends and I, when we were in elementary school, we loved this show. We couldn't wait for recess the next day when we could gather together out on the playground and debate what we had seen on the show, shared our take on the topic for the night before. Every week, Leonard Nimoy would take the viewer on an adventure to seek and to search out the unexplainable, the mysterious, the hidden secret, the conspiracy theories. Who better than Leonard Nimoy, right? Who played Mr. Spock on Star Trek. He was known for being what? Logical, right? And scientific, He was not moved at all by his emotions or the emotions of others. If he couldn't complete the search, which in 30 minutes, then who could, right? 
There were shows on the Bermuda Triangle, UFOs, the Loch Ness Monster, and the Secrets of the Pyramids. There were religious topics like the Garden of Eden, the Holy Grail, and yes, even life after death. Who hasn't thought of those things? But the one that caused the greatest discussion at school, that actually got a heated argument going out on the playground, was the one topic that Leonard Nimoy captivated all of us with in search of Bigfoot. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Bigfoot. He's still baffling us today. That chameleon of a Sasquatch, how does he do it? How does he stay hidden from the camera's eye? Just when they're about to take a picture, whoa, he's behind a tree. How does he do it? Now, we became aware of something. After so many shows and so many series, the search was never complete. The question was never answered that he would raise. He always ended the show with a question, and Leonard would go on to say, looks like we'll have to leave the search up to the skeptics and the scientists. Tune in next week for the next episode of In Search Of. Why did we keep tuning in? Why do we keep tuning in to those TV shows that have something to do with a search? Because there's something intriguing about the search, isn't there? When I was taking my walk on Tuesday morning, thinking about this search, listening to my Jackson Brown radio channel on Pandora, it hit me. After 30 minutes of listening, every song that I have listened to had something to do with the search. Have you ever noticed that about the, your own music that you love so much? Listen closely. There's always this search going on. The Who, they were singing. They call me the seeker. I've been searching high and low. I won't get what I'm after until the day I die. I asked Bobby Dylan, I asked the Beatles, I even asked Timothy Leary, but he couldn't help me either. And then the Eagles were singing. I remember what you told me before you went out on your own. Sometimes to keep it together, we got to leave it alone. So you can get on with your search, baby, and I can get on with mine. And maybe someday we will find that it really wasn't wasted time. And then my brother Jackson Brown came on. You know the song. Looking out on the road, rushing under my wheels. Looking back at the years gone by like so many summer fields. In 65, I was 17 and running up 101. I don't know where I'm running now, but I'm just running on. Running on empty, running on. Running blind, running on. Running into the sun, but I'm running behind. Oh. Thank you very much. All right, that's it. So what were they searching for? What were all of those songs and musicians searching for? It's the same things that all of us have been searching for at one time or another. Meaning, happiness, and lasting love. Who doesn't want those things? 
Clearly, God has placed an innate attribute within us that keeps us searching even from the earliest age that we can remember. We are all aware deep within there is a longing to find something. We long to find something valuable, extraordinary, and we know what we're longing for is outside of ourselves. Scripture makes it clear. God himself has placed this drive within us. Why? To ultimately lead us to himself. Just read the Psalms. You'll see the pattern over and over again, that search leading us to God. It's why we're drawn to movies like Born Identity or Hunger Games or Star Wars. We're traveling with the character in hope of them finding meaning and their identity. It's why you're so fascinated with art or music or literature, cuisine, sports or technology. It's why you think maybe that that next financial deal will take care of the search. Search for something more interesting or beautiful, or incredible. We know that it's out there somewhere. But most of the time, what's found is anticlimactic in comparison to the search. You ever found that? Maybe it's like you two sings, because we still haven't found what we're looking for. Now, the character in our parable this morning was looking for something greater than he already had. He was a merchant, which means he was well-to-do, respected by his colleagues. He did his fair share of traveling, and he was very wealthy. That sounds kind of nice, doesn't it? In his possession were many pearls. Some of the pearls were worth a lot of money. Others would have been almost worthless. As a pearl merchant, he was a pro. He knew much about gems And he knew especially, of course, about pearls. He knew exactly what to look for when he had a pearl sitting there in the palm of his hand. The color, the shape, the texture, the type, he would know right away if it was fresh water or salt water. He would know how to look for blemishes. And of course, he would know mostly about authenticity. I would guess that he could spot a fake a mile away. Now, several years ago, when my grandmother passed away, I took a couple of her pearl necklaces over here to Ken's Jewelry Store. Just curious what the value might be for those pearl necklaces. And I remember Ken's verdict, word for word. It didn't take him long at all. He took the necklaces, he looked at them, and he looked up at me and he said, Steve, I can tell your grandma, she was a very classy lady. And I can also tell that she liked to save money. (laughs) It's not what I was looking for. Now, when the merchant searched, something happened, Jesus said, that would change his life forever. At a showcase event, looking at pearls, he came across this one pearl. He knew right away it was no ordinary pearl. This pearl, it stood out amongst all the others, all that he had ever possessed and all he had ever seen before. This pearl was literally breathtaking. It was beautiful. And he knew exactly what he had to do at that moment. 
he had to take all of the pearls that he had and sell them so that he could buy this beautiful pearl of great price. Now, do you see what happened just in that short parable? Jesus is telling us that all three of the man's major faculties were at work. He knew in his mind the supreme value of the pearl. He knew in the emotion of his heart that he must have the pearl. And he put into motion, you see what he's doing? He's living out what he believes. And he's liquidating all of his assets so that he can purchase this beautiful pearl. The merchant, we could say, was all in. Everything that he owned was nothing in comparison to this pearl of great price, and he would see it as a bargain when he bought that pearl. Timothy Keller, he tells this story about this sick man who went to the doctor, and the doctor told him that his illness was terminal. But then the doctor went on to say, now wait a moment. There's actually a medicine that you can take that will cure, cure you of this illness and make you well again. But here's the catch. It's going to cost you everything that you own to buy this medicine. Tim goes on to say that once the man left the office to contemplate this, everything that he owned, suddenly he looked at differently, didn't he? He went and sold everything that he had so that he could go back, buy the medicine, so that he would be well again, and he would call it a bargain, the best that he ever had. Now, when Jesus was telling this parable, as he always did, he was looking to say one big thing, one big point. And what is the big point here? The search for the greatest value in all of the universe is only to be found in the kingdom of God, in the person of Jesus Christ. Everything that we have, everything that we have ever wanted is nothing in comparison to the beauty of Jesus Christ. He can't be bought with money or possessions. He can only be known by faith. Faith in the grace that God has for us in Christ himself. Like Matthew, like the tax collector sitting at his collection booth, healthy, wealthy, and wise. And then along, out of the blue comes Jesus Christ. Did you notice it only took two words from Jesus? What those two words were? Follow me. I'm sure Matthew had heard much about Jesus before, the healings, the deliverance from evil, the calming of the storm, all of the teachings of Christ matched together with seeing Jesus for the first time. Matthew was all in by faith. His mind, his heart, and his life reflected what he believed about Jesus Christ. I've been so restless my senior year in high school. I remember that search in me. Do you remember the search in yourself before you came to know Jesus Christ? I know I had tried most everything. I'm not proud of many of the things that I had done. And then on our senior trip to Yosemite, our trail guide had us sit down in the valley right below El Capitan. How many of you ever sat down there and just looked up at El Capitan? It's just beautiful. It's gorgeous. 
And he asked us to share as we sat in the circle what our favorite book was. I can't remember anybody else's book that they shared, but I remember what the trail guide said his favorite book was. When it came to him and he was last, he said, for me, my favorite book is the Bible. It's the place where I have learned of the one who made all of this. Oh, my mind and my heart and my life took a 180 turn right there. My search turned into a quest. And I'll never forget the day months after that when my eyes were opened to the first time to Jesus Christ. Do you remember that for yourself? Like the merchant, like so many of you, my eyes were opened to the pearl of great price, the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God in Jesus Christ, the one who is so beautiful. Is Christ beautiful? The most beautiful in all of the universe, his righteousness, his love, his peace, his mercy. He calls us his children, his beloved. In us, he says, he is well pleased. His birth, life, death, and resurrection, the infinite and immortal beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the most beautiful in all of the universe, everything, everything pales in comparison to the beauty of Jesus. Amen? Amen. There is no way that this merchant went home and took that pearl and hid it in a drawer or buried it in his backyard. You know what that merchant did. He shared it with his friends and his family, his colleagues. He showed off this great pearl. Look at this pearl. It's beautiful. And he wouldn't just admire it once a week for an hour or just twice a year. He would admire this beautiful pearl all the time. So we as Christians, we admire the beauty of Jesus at every opportunity. And we're so thankful when we forget, when the Holy Spirit brings to our mind once again of Jesus, and we say, thank you for reminding me of the beauty of Jesus Christ, my Savior, Lord, and God. And we don't just hide that pearl for ourselves. We too bring out Christ and how we live and how we love how we care for our neighbors and colleagues and co-workers so that they too can see the beautiful nature of Christ through us, his children. No, we're not perfect. They should know we're not perfect because when they know that, they know how beautiful it is that Christ, the one, has forgiven us and brought us into his family. What a beautiful Lord and Savior we have. Now, before we read this confession together in your bulletin, before we stand, I want to speak to three different groups of people here this morning. Maybe for some of you, this is the first time that your eyes have been opened to Jesus Christ. As you read this confession, may this be a confession of your faith in Christ. For some of you, maybe you've been lured off by other pearls or possessions or pursuits away from God. And this morning, you recognize that you need to reaffirm your faith in Jesus Christ. May this confession be a time for you to reaffirm your faith in him. And for the third group, maybe as a follower of Christ, you are ready to take your search into the things of God, into Christ to another level. I don't know what that means for you, but you want to follow into Christ even closer. So may this be a confession for you to trust on Christ, that search that you have in him. So let us stand. 
and let us read together the Heidelberg Catechism question and answer number one. I will lead us, and then we'll all say it together. What is your only comfort in life and in death? That I belong, body and soul, in life and in death, not to myself, but to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who at the cost of his own blood has fully paid for my sins has completely freed me from the dominion of the devil, that he protects me so well that without the will of my Father in heaven, not a hair can fall from my head. Indeed, that everything must fit his purpose for my salvation. Therefore, by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. Amen. You may be seated. I'd like to invite the ushers forward as we give of our tithes and offering and take this as an opportunity to sign in on the friendship pad.
we your living saints gather in your presence to sing your praise to listen to your word and to open our hearts for your spirit we join in mind and spirit with all your people who have been part of your church engaged in your mission to rescue a lost humanity with all the saints in heaven and on earth we bow before you in need of your continuing grace Together, heaven and earth, wait for the new creation in which your purpose and plan will be perfect and all will be made right. We believe that you have been searching for us like the merchant shopping for the precious pearl. Lord Jesus, we've been searching for you, the treasure and the pearl of our lives. This morning we have found you and our hearts are filled with joy. We pray for those people who continue to search for wholeness and joy, for peace and security, for justice and righteousness. Especially we pray for those who have wandered in darkness, confusion, strife, and warfare. We pray for those in our own city who think that their search is over but have not yet found you. May their eyes be opened and their ears be given the gift of hearing. We ask for all those from the Middle East who have risked their lives to find freedom from oppression and violence. We thank you for those who have shown hospitality and generosity to strangers and aliens. We remember this morning the Russian families who have lost loved ones in the tragic plane crash in the Sinai. 
As a nation, we know what it means to be touched by such tragedy. As we pray for the needs of people in many places, so we pray for those whom we love. Grant peace, understanding, patience, and healing to members of our families and our dearest friends. In this moment, we call their names before you. We ask for your blessing upon our congregation. You placed us here nearly a hundred years ago. You have empowered us to be your loving presence in this place and on this corner. We confess that without your presence and power at work in our midst, our labors would come to little. Help us to remain faithful to your word and to your covenant love. Be within us light to the city and to the world. Bless the offering we bring this morning as we are beginning to contemplate our years in financial giving. Grant us wisdom. Grant us courage for the living of these days. Protect us from the evil one who would divide and destroy and paralyze your people with anxiety and fear. We lift up our prayers in the name of the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
And now may we leave here a people admiring the beauty of Jesus Christ and shining that love and grace of Christ to all those around us. And now may the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. God bless you this week. Thanks.